Coming at you live from Master Closet Studios, you're listening to the only podcast on the internet hosted by two humans and one Zygon. Didn't we make this? We'll never last tell. Time? I, I, huh? It felt familiar when I was typing it. Yeah. And I don't care. <laughs> it's still funny. It's still funny. It's the Noobs and the Hoobie, and my name is Austin. I'm the Hoobie, and these are my sons, Corbin and Trip. And, and we're, we're the, the Noobs, noobs. but one of us is a Zygon. <laughs> Wait, it's one of y'all? Wait. <laughs> Who is it? I thought it wasn't not me. Wait, what? Huh? <laughs> what? <laughs> hey, this is that podcast that's introducing a whole new generation to Doctor Who by watching an episode each week and discussing it from the perspective of a dad who's seen it before. And, and two sons who have it. I, I really half. need to adjust yeah, that paragraph because we're not watching Doctor Who every week now, even less than we used to not. Oh, and we yeah. have watched all of them, so... At we should just well. New this is the podcast that yeah. rewatches old episodes and other movies that are kind of related to sci-fi. Welcome to the podcast that talks about <laughs> Doctor Who and stuff whenever we feel like. And here are my kids. Yeah. Hey, hi, <laughs> hi. <laughs> and we're the kids. Uh, Yay! So welcome to episode number one ninety nine, covering series nine, episodes seven and eight: the Zygon Invasion and the Zygon Inversion. This is the one where Clara is not Clara, Lethbridge Stewart is not not Lethbridge Stewart, and we all learn the true price of war, except for Lethbridge Stewart. Wait, what? She had her memory. She had her memory. Oh, <laughs> so wait, why? <laughs> wait a minute. Why do they even do that? I don't understand. Yeah, what? They left the Zygon to yeah. So like she huh? learned her lesson, but not but well, not we Lethbridge think, Stewart. We think. Okay, all right. Hang on. Hang on. The the. Ju- the justification for that has got to be that way she doesn't know what Bonnie did so Bonnie can feel safe yeah. because Lethbridge Stewart won't hold that against her. That's, that's, that's the that idea. Because he and says... She, she was only like tracking down all the Zygons and trying to do this. Okay, she was trying to prevent the war or win the war who, before Kate? it starts. Yeah, Kate. Yeah. What if we just live in the sci-fi realm where you can selectively erase memories and she Kate, doesn't remember yeah. which Zygon did it, but she still remembers oh, that it happens. Yeah. yeah. Anything. That would Something, be good. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's... Okay, so what you're saying is there were lots of ways to do it and they chose this one. That's... Yeah. Which is yeah. not, maybe not the most satisfying way. I guess. Hey, uh, this was story number 258, originally airing October 31st. I remember, I think we might have talked about that last time. The yeah. first part of this was a Halloween episode. So you have people who change their appearance hmm. and look like monsters airing on Halloween. And, Except, and however, it wasn't Halloween in the episode, which seems like yeah, a big misstep. Seems yeah. like they could have incorporated yeah. that and had some scenes where somebody thought that, that oh, just, he's dressed up for Halloween. Except that we had to save that for 13. <laughs> okay. Well, never mind then. I was going to say, except that maybe Halloween isn't as big a deal in the UK, but then you just said yeah. the Halloween apocalypse was an entire episode. And it was a plot point. They thought, they thought uh, the dog uh, Chewbacca was was, uh, <laughs> was was a guy in custody, which he was. Anyways, um, October thirty first and November seventh, twenty fifteen, to five point six. Sorry, five point seven six and six point oh three million viewers. Written by Peter Harness and Stephen Moffat, which is weird. Huh. Peter Harness got the credit for part one, and then uh, or sorry, for Wait, so this is Zygon- another Stephen Moffat episode. It is. Was course. the last one? 
Which one was the one that no, was the last Stephen one was, Moffat's favorite The last favorite one was episode. Vincent and the Doctor, and it wasn't written by Stephen Moffat. But it was his but favorite Moffat episode. said it was his favorite 11th Doctor episode. Yeah. Um, so the Zygon invasion is credited as Peter Harness. The Zygon inversion is credited as Peter Harness and Stephen Moffat. Wait, what? So you got a co-writing oh. credit on the second part, but not the first part. So I don't, you know. That's interesting. Yeah. And it was uh, directed by Daniel Netheim. Um, okay, so wibbly wobbly memories. Trip, you want to go first? <laughs> okay, so <laughs> Dad was explaining this scene that happened where they didn't know which one was Zygon and which one was human. Right. And I was like, I and swear. I, and I said then, I feel like I've gotten something yeah, mixed you, up. You here. were like, maybe this isn't this episode. And I was like, I was pretty sure that was with Eleven. So going into this episode, that was the only thing I could vividly picture from this episode. So I was like, wait, this was with Eleven. And no. in what happened was when the episode started and the 12th Doctor appeared, you went, wait, this is a 12th Doctor episode? And I was yeah. like, what do you think we're doing? <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, it's the best of 12. And you're and like, I was like, no, hang on, hang on. I was like, yeah, yeah. And then the previously starts. Right. And it shows that scene that we were oh, just talking about. That's what it was. With it was 11. During the opening, we saw the angry eyes. And you were like, wait, this is the 12th Doctor? Yeah. That's, yeah. And then when the previously started, you and I looked at each other. And, and we were went, like, that's <gasps> why that I, was with 11. Okay. I yeah. completely forgot about the Zygon element, arguably yeah. one of the biggest elements of the 50th anniversary episode. I completely forgot. I don't remember the 50th anniversary pretty much at all. I remember the War Doctor. Yep. I remember the moment. I remember they didn't actually destroy Gallifrey. They stuck it in a pocket yeah, universe. by surrounding it with all the TARDISes. And yes, all that's 13. That's all I remember. I, but that is, yeah, that's it. Totally and I'm like, forgot. what is happening? So, um... Yeah, we had the um, the revelation right off the bat that I had completely misremembered that. Yeah. But what's weird is now I want to go back and rewatch that whole scene. Yeah. Because I Maybe remember we should have done that before this. I remember when I kept saying this scene reminds me a lot of the Hungry Earth, Cold Blood, where the humans have to sit down with the Cybermans? Yeah, yeah. yeah, kind of. But it really was reminding me <laughs> of the last time the humans and the Zygons had to yeah. had to have a, a a sit down in the 50th anniversary episode. There, some part of my brain was completely forgetting that the Zygons were already here. Yeah, and living with this tentative ceasefire. I knew that I we had seen um, the Oswalds before. Osgoods. Osgoods. No. Yeah. Wait. Oswald oh, Clara Oswald. Oswald. Yeah. That's annoying. That's weird. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I knew that we had seen the Osgoods before, but I couldn't remember why there was two of them. Right. And I kind of thought that was established in this episode. So I totally forgot that we had seen the Zygons before. I was like, yeah. That, that, like we didn't know that we that they were here. Yeah. Um, on a side note, I uh, constantly have jumbled up in my head um, – Clara Oswin. No. Mm -hmm. Remember, okay, remember when we first meet Clara and, and she's a Dalek and she was yeah. a one-off companion that never was? Her name was Oswin. Her last name was Oswin. Or was it Clara Oswin? This Os is where I get mixed up. Yeah. This is where I get mixed up. 
her last name was Oswin or something. <clears throat> and then later on when we meet Clara Prime, she, her, her name is Clara Oswald. And she makes a statement at one time, Oswald for the win, Oswin. And the 11th Doctor freaks out for a second. <laughs> and then now we have Petronella Osgood. Osgood, yeah. And my brain goes, I can't anymore. I just, so anyways, <laughs> that's total side note. Um, let's see. The name of the episode spoken in dialogue, uh, no, ni- neither name, but these are these names are so on the nose. I do love the play on words of the invasion and the inversion um, that we, that we, that the whole thing with the Zygons, and I think we talked about this one of the times that we've covered one of the Zygon episodes, the Zygons are in, in my mind, I, I, I can only assume this is intentional. The, the Zygons are absolutely a science fiction, um, analogy to terrorists because hmm. they look like us, they live among us. But they're monsters. But, but we never know when. The, yeah, we never know when the when one of them's going to turn out to be a monster, right? Mm-hmm. And and so the idea of the the invasion, the inversion, and then the whole the whole thing going throughout both episodes, the fiftieth anniversary and this one, is that that idea of not being able to trust one another because they say in this episode, some general or commander or somebody says these things can look like anybody. I could be walking down the street and my own uh, husband or children could turn out to be one of them and kill me. Yeah, that's, you know, um, they they just hit it from from all different angles. So I am glad that they didn't uh, that they didn't have to say the the names. This is one where it's so on the nose that if they just said it, it would have been a little bit. Yeah, it would have been a little bit weird on um, the creature of the week. Yeah, Zygons. Uh, <laughs> so, um, anything that you guys want to cover about the Zygons in general? Uh, yeah. Um, okay. how big was this revolution supposed to be? 10 million. It definitely for a lot of the episode, it felt like three Zygons. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, wait, it what? felt like Bonnie and her two henchmen. Yeah. Who were unnamed. So it's there's this yeah, splinter Bonnie. group. There looks like, like seven people. I mean, yeah, that, that's a splinter group. <laughs> I, I can only assume that that is a limitation. Uh, that's a production. But there limitation. was a scene with a bunch of people who were presumably not, who didn't transform into Zygons, like yeah. hauling in, uh, Truth people. Truth or Consequences, New Mexico? In, uh, in the church in Truth or Consequences, New Mexico? Oh, well, that too. But I was thinking when they went down the elevator and they saw oh. the couple of people like yeah, yeah, yeah. dragging the oh, guy yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Wait, okay. So presumably a good majority of said splinter group was in that little church wherever. And we saw them all come out disguised as the families. And there mm-hmm. were, what, a dozen people there? Something like that. Is that yeah. supposed to be most of them? I mean, we Again, saw the pods. You, you just have to there's chalk like, that up to production there's restrictions. hundreds yeah. of these. Most of London is probably Zygons at this point. Zygons, but not necessarily yeah, part I think of it's, truth or consequences. It's just because they kept like reusing the same three locations. It, made their influence feel really small splinter group you mean like seven extremists in the middle of nowhere like yeah so one we have to accept the production level restrictions and go okay they they couldn't put you know okay 20 million they couldn't put seven million zygon suits on the screen at one time um secondly there's an interesting point that you're making 
that whether, again, whether it's intentional or not, is how much do we read into the idea of there are 20 million Zygons living on planet Earth somewhere? And yeah, let's be, let's be outrageously generous and say we saw a hundred of them on screen. We didn't. Yeah. But let's say we saw a hundred of them. It's I like mean, one percent of one percent of yeah, all the Zygons. Yeah. Do the math real quick. And and it's and it's a vanishingly small percentage, which again, if we're talking about if if this is an analog to terrorism, it's okay. Yeah. It it's a let's not overblow the what's the word I'm looking for. Let's not overstate how many minority. we're talking about here. Huh? Yeah, the vocal minority. Yes, and. And let's let's recognize, okay, how many people actually hold these views, right? And then at this, uh, the, the flip side of that token, though, is how much damage can uh, just a few of them do? An outlaw yeah. minority, Corbin said, an out, uh, you know, a vocal minority, but what about a rogue minority? Yeah. How much damage and, and minority in the sense of a, a vanishingly small number of a certain population, how much damage can they do? And so, th- again, you got a lot of the real yeah. world tension of this yeah. issue, you know, happening for real on this episode. It's just funny. It feels like they put a lot of the budget into locations to make it feel like they had really widespread reach. Yeah. Because they went to like freaking New Mexico and wherever that church was. Well, okay. And they're going all over the country. Keep, keep in mind. But they're not. Keep, okay. There's like 20 of them. Right. Okay. <laughs> like, but, but keep in mind, we also only saw about 20 of the 8 billion humans well, yeah. in this episode as yeah. well. So, you know. Yeah, but you know, like. That's production level constraint. Like, like it, I don't know, just random example in Rosa where you have the, um, who, the Sontarans, and there's like these massive ships full of Sontarans. Uh-huh. Like you couldn't have put them in like yeah. two dozen buildings. It was like they're all holed up in this one tiny little church. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Yeah, like you had this entire town, but they're all in this little church. Yeah. Also, where did they go? Who? The oh, yeah, because they, they broke into the back of the church and didn't find any Zygon. Oh, yeah. They, where did they go? Okay, so they went, they went under the cellar, put the rug back on somehow, and then left through yeah. the tunnels. Like you did. Yeah. And no one found them. Uh-huh. Like you do. Not only did no one find them, we didn't think about them. Actually, anymore. that scene was really yeah. confusing in a lot of ways because like, he like when, broke in. Got where, where did the doctor go? Were there tunnels that led all the way out of this city, and they avoided getting bombed to death despite being like a few feet underground, and they ran all the way out of the city? I'm barely remembering this scene. She was like, "You have five minutes," and then he went. And talked to Osgood for like three. <laughs> and then they like walked out and we switched to the soldiers like marching after they had been turned into Zygons. Oh, yeah. So. I don't know. I feel like they won. They wanted a grandiose scale of things. Because, again, they're going yeah. all over the yeah. world. They yeah. got like there's 20 million of them. Armies. They're kind of everywhere. Right. Yeah. But like. But they're not. They didn't really pull that off very well. I had a, I had a note later on about um, 
in the U.S., I, I don't know if this trope exists elsewhere, but in the U.S., there is a trope for the last, I don't know, 15 years that if you want to show that you are outside of the United States in a movie or a TV show, particularly action, uh, you, put, you just put a yellow filter. Huh? Oh, really? Have you ever noticed this? No. no. Okay. So, you know, Jack Bauer goes to Mexico to hunt down somebody. So it's going to be yellow. It's going to be this what? yellow tint. did the same thing, didn't they? It, because when they went to New Mexico, it got really exactly yellow. That's exactly what I was going to say. So Why? It, it, it is It is a trope. Now that I've said it, you will never unsee it. Now. Let me guess. If they go to like European countries, it's like a blue filter. They don't filter it. They, that's the thing. If Okay. If you're going to another country, particularly to hunt down the bad guys, they put a yellow filter, particularly if it is a more arid environment. So if you go to Mexico, first of all, they only ever go to the deserts of Mexico. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. And secondly, the only if you go to the Middle East in an American movie, you're going to have a yellow tinge and it's to, gonna the, look to like all of that footage. You're in the Sahara. It's like, what? Um, with uh, you get with that Oakleys like on with wavy, yeah. the wavy heat, uh, yeah, <laughs> and then yeah, like, yeah. it's like <laughs> of the of yeah, the, yeah. Uh, of the hawk going over <laughs> and the, the, the rustle of, of cicadas in the background. <laughs> um, that's how. By the way, you know what's weird is that that's another trope. The way you the way you convey audibly that it is hot and dry is you have a hawk screech. What? Watch. Any American movie How does that or show? way that it's movie? hot and dry? Watch, beca- because it's a trope. It's like it, it started out as like with an old Western, you would have to show a couple of, you would have to do a couple of things. You have to show sand. Yeah. A bleach white. Yeah, uh, the skull. Cattle, sc- bull skull. How did that and get then there? <laughs> probably a tumbleweed. Uh-huh. And then f- off camera, unseen, the Just screech the of a hawk. Oh my and God. you pair all those things together, and that's how we tell American audiences it's hot and dry. It's and so now you watch, watch anything, watch anything. Now if it's in the if it's in the <laughs> now we have shorthand. Yeah, just yeah. The hawk if it's screech. in the Middle East, I don't know if you get the hawk as much, but you definitely get it in the Southwest of the U.S. and in Mexico. Wow, that's how they demonstrate it. And you can they can be walking down a, a highway, but if they're supposed to be showing that it's hot and the person is thirsty, mm-hmm. you will hear a hawk screech. <laughs> It's it's been walking it's down and New it, York. Well, yeah, 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 exactly. Like you know, like you're hitchhiking in Iowa. You know, like you're gonna huh? hear it. Yeah. Also, can we mention that in New Mexico there were tumbleweeds that I am convinced were More actually people? dead yeah. bodies. Yeah, I swear. So, but th- this was what was weird was I I am so accustomed to that trope, and I, and it's been when somebody pointed it out on YouTube one time, I was like, Oh, they're right. And now I can't unsee it. Um, and certain shows and certain genres, like I said, definitely action. Definitely. If the military or spies are involved, like CIA, FBI, or the United States army, if they're going over somewhere else, um, even if it's a made up country, like in this episode, we went to like Tur, Turkmenistan or something, which I think I looked up one time, when we first covered this and it's a it's, made up place. They, they didn't place, go to sure. a real place. It's a made up place. So if you're going to go to made up a stand and it's an American first movie stand. Yeah, yeah. You're going to get the yellow filter. And it was bizarre to me to see them use that effect. Now, first of all, not as much, there wasn't as much yellow tint, but uh-huh. it's there. It's noticeable, 
noticeable enough that my brain clocked it. We went to New Mexico, and as soon as Kate came on screen, I went, oh, oh they did the thing. And it was so weird to see that happen for America. Yeah. yeah. I'm so used to seeing that being, again, hawk screech means hot, dry, thirsty, and yellow tinge probably means hot, dry, thirsty, but definitely not in the United States boundaries, you know? Yeah. I swear so if you're going to like Russia or some Finno-Scandian place, it's like grayish blue tent. Like... Mm. It might Is be. It, you go to Russia I, and it looks like the slums in yeah. the 60s. Like, no, what they, what they tend to do is if they're going to, again, this is American movies, if you go overseas to a place that is quote-unquote worse, they will desaturate the colors. Oh. So if you go to, if you go to um, uh, okay, for example, the opening scene of Castaway takes place in Moscow. And oh, it is very gr- oh, it is yeah. very gray and desaturated huh. because you're supposed to be Nothing experiencing has color in Russia. Right. You're supposed to be experiencing it's all dirty snow. Is yeah. that that is the yeah. color palette is dirty snow. You're <laughs> supposed to be experiencing that he is overseas somewhere else where he wants to be home with his family for Thanksgiving, so he's in this you know horrible place. Bleak, yeah. Horrible sad. communist place, you know, that's <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing. So we we communicate a lot with our color palettes. Anyways, it was weird to see that happen in this episode and have it be America. Now, granted, it was still, it was New Mexico, so it was still Southwestern, you know, it was still, you know, if it had been, if it had been um, uh, Arizona, they might have done the same thing because again, hot, dry, thirsty. Anyways, um, the TARDIS, uh, we found out actually stands for totally and radically driving in space. Dumb. I love that. Dumb. <laughs> you love that? I hate that. I hate everything about that line. I know that he made that up on the spot. <laughs> I love that Osgood didn't know. That's what I love. Why? That's funny to me because she should know here. Okay. On a, on a purely surface level, it was funny. Yeah. She's the, the mega nerd ultra fan of the doctor in universe. She knows everything about him. She wears his clothes. Yeah. And she's like, I've always wanted to ask, what does it stand for? What does it mean? Or whatever she said. And he was flabbergasted that she didn't know this (laughs) core thing. And that's the thing. Is it was also I felt like was this a an intentional knock on toxic toxic fandom that the 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 mega fan in the episode of the real life to her real life character didn't know yeah. a fundamental thing about him. I mean, what that's like mentioned in like the first episode. Is it ever discussed again? Uh yeah, it's, yeah, it's times. talked about here and there, but in universe. Probably I mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Probably not. He a new, probably doesn't new say this is my TARDIS time um, relative dimension no, it's, in space. It's definitely like, talked about with the Ninth Doctor because we had to we had to catch we everybody had to, up with, yeah. for the reboot. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think um, we, we even talked about that when we covered Rose both times. I think, but um, but yeah, is there some kind of a knock against toxic fandom of hey, even Osgood doesn't know everything? Yeah. Shut up! You know, like let people enjoy what they enjoy, and if they enjoy what you enjoy, but they're not enjoying it right. Shut up. Okay. Um, it, if, if we've spent nigh on 200 episodes just getting that point across to anybody, yeah. then we've done our job. All right. Toxic fandom. No fun. The Sonic, we had the, uh, we had the reappearance of the Sonic sunglasses. Was it, was it fun seeing those again? No. <laughs> I, I didn't care for it. Part of me feels like Peter Capaldi has this natural coolness about him but then they're yeah. trying too hard then they're trying to and it ends up making it. him less cool the freaking sunglasses explore 
Like the guitar is okay, but the yeah. sunglasses, the catchphrases, it's all like crap. Like calling himself Dr. Disco is No, that's hilarious. Wasn't that a callback to something? Yeah, someone was. called him and, Dr. I think Disco. Clara called him Dr. Disco. So that's why he does But that. the thing is, it's it's kind of funny, but it's also oh now you're now you're not cool anymore. <laughs> Because he makes a joke out of being I cool, which in my mind. When he's just being himself, he has this aura. Yeah, but where he's yeah. like kind of cool. Whenever it's, he's doing this goofy okay, crap. Okay, so how did you feel about him walking around casually playing, shredding on the guitar? Yeah, I actually think that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like that worked for me. Yeah, yeah. The, but the like that I think that's him, especially since he actually plays guitar. Yes. Yeah, I'm sure he just does that. Yeah. However, there was another episode where he was playing guitar that I felt like what was he playing? went was too like, far. He was like playing Hallelujah, but all Amazing Grace, ro- Amazing Grace, was Amazing Rock Grace. and Roll <laughs> Shred. That's yeah, yeah, freaking yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, the episode where the episode after he gets his memories of Clara wiped and meets up with her in the Tardis Cafe and is playing the guitar and he's playing Clara's theme. Oh, you, you're all remembering this at all? Yeah, I'm remembering. Not going to be blankly. No, that's I remember that. It's yeah. a little overboard. Oh, no, I was going to say, no, to me, I like that is that. the best use of Peter Capaldi's guitar skills. Because we've already established by that episode that, yeah. that the Twelfth Doctor plays the guitar and shreds. But the fact that he's just casually, he doesn't even know why, he doesn't even know what yeah. he's playing. She has to point it out. She even says something about, you know, if if uh, she doesn't say we're all stories in the end, but something along that lines. If we're all stories in the end, maybe stories go on to become songs or something like something like that. It's just yeah. too universe breaking with introducing what? her song as if it's actually her no, song I'm, no i'm okay no, with no. that i'm okay like if 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 he if the 12th it means doctor something to us. constantly played the 12th doctor's theme that would be ridiculous yeah. but i but thought it, it that, meant something to the people watching it well yeah and and it was a great way uh, a great artistic way of 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 tying all of that together mm-hmm. by using the actual production level, you know, the, the real world music. Anyways, we've gotten, we've gotten way off, way afield here. <laughs> However, the, the sunglasses to me, um, do y'all remember me trashing them leading up to mm-hmm. the 12th? Yep. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, Oh man, that's oh, going to be so sunglasses. terrible. And then when we got there, I was like, Oh, I hate these. They're so bad. I hate these. This episode, when he put them on, I giggled. I was like, oh, it's the sunglasses. Like, I don't why? know why. I don't know. I completely I don't like flipped. the glasses. I completely flipped on it because, okay, so the first time watching through, it hurt my soul. It was like, why, like, why are we doing this? Watching it with you guys, we had fun bashing it and making fun of it. Mm-hmm. And this time, it was, by the way, like, it was not genuine. Oh my gosh. It was not genuine love. Yes, it was that. <laughs> it was not genuine love. It was, oh, y'all remember this piece of crap that we had to deal yeah. with? Y'all remember that? Oh, I was kind of like, like nostalgia. oh, the glasses are back or whatever. What is, what is what is a word that means nostalgia for the thing you used to hate? What is that? I don't <laughs> know. Someone that? needs to make a, a word for there that. There's got to be a word for that because that is half of the internet. Yeah. Is hating on things that we used to hate or or loving, talking about how much we loved the things that we hated or I don't know. Yeah, you get it. You get it. You get me. You get me. Let's see. Oh, apparently setting 137 on the Sonic sunglasses hijacks the van. Oh, yeah. So, again. That's just the van hijacker. Yeah, that's the standard edition. Yeah. But, I mean, we've already had in-universe with prior doctors in New Who just 
uh, point at it and think or whatever. So why are we still talking about settings? Oh, yeah. Like I don't, I, I don't like make up your mind. And, yeah. and um, not to get again too far afield, but the thirteenth Doctor, if if the sonic screwdriver was accused of being an easy escape and a magic wand before thirteen, <laughs> mm-hmm. holy moly, she took that thing to whole new heights. But anyways, um, I didn't have any other notices on the. Uh, on the uh, checklist, was there anything that I missed? Psychic paper, catchphrases, jiggery pokery, jibberty jabberty, name dropping, so needless <laughs> sacrificial death. Did we get any sacrificial no. deaths? Actually, surprisingly, uh, no. Adventures in closed captioning. We didn't even have it on this week. Um, and uh, existential horror. No, because this one is not the one where we're not sure if we're Zygon or human. So. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, other stuff we noticed. There was that painting of the first Doctor again. That actually. We thought we caught like whoa, whoa it's what? Easter egg. Oh, no. it's a central point. Oh. Right, that's fine. Oh. Uh, we we just we just have to all um, we, again. We have to put it on the permanent record and make sure that this is out there forever. Titivating the fronds. Are you no. enjoying that? Y'all need a minute. I noticed that when Clara, or maybe I guess it was Bonnie, was doing it, she was kind of like putting her fist into the holes that were the the little tentacle yeah. sucker things whereas the doctor was like rubbing along them and everything yeah, and it was like, like oh, that was uh. a little weird dude like what's going on <laughs> it also looked a lot wetter when he was because yeah. he when put he, the there was a lot stuff more like, on it what what he like scooped up there was like water in the oh, yeah. oh, whole he, thing he, he did it. it yeah, yeah. i don't know yeah. that part at all it looked like dusty <laughs> when when Clara was there it was weird <laughs> that whole that whole yeah, that whole thing burn it with fire yeah now oh, here's my note uh about um okay so so again they they used the yellow tent thing for new mexico but not in termezistan and i was like that's weird mm. why did they termezistan the made-up country was not as like, like deserty, deserty and stuff yeah, i guess it wasn't yeah 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 which is another difference <laughs> if it was american it would have been barren waste language <laughs> for the now, that actually... there's a bush over there that's all <laughs> you get <laughs> so there's not there's no vegetation within a hundred miles and yet there's a tumbleweed somehow yeah yeah, yeah it's crazy i kind of i want to know where they filmed that at because it actually looked more like Oh, the Mexico. Yeah. The, the endless, the, uh, the endless gravel quarries. Of the UK. <laughs> um, and let's see, Googled is Tremezistan real? No. Okay. Uh, no, I was just double checking. Cause I didn't want us to be like trash talking this made up country. And then it's like, no, it is. <laughs> we have two uh. listeners there. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> we have two listeners there simply because it was in our notes they were googling facts about their home country oh. they found our episode <laughs> covering this oh and now they've been listening for 100 episodes um so, uh, i wrote so many guns why didn't they fight back yep um and that Six was in the rounds scene. why do you need the disintegrator you shot them both in the back and they died here's here's the thing that really angered me about this episode so you had uh oh crap i can't think of her name the, the, the woman who was down in the caves with Clara when we discovered that it was actually Bonnie, whoever she was, and she had half a dozen soldiers with her. And when they discover it's Bonnie, and then here's, oh, by the way, that was a scene where we did see a bunch of Zygons come out. Oh, yeah. Um, when that's happening, you guys, what's funny is you guys were saying they have so many guns. Yeah, I didn't understand what y'all were saying. 
you're like, there are so many guns. There are so many guns. And I thought y'all were making some statement about how the doctor doesn't like guns. No. But y'all were saying, y'all shoot. have so many guns. Like, shoot, shoot. the Zyguns. Everybody has an automatic weapon yes. right and now. And instead, without one shot being fired, without one of them trying to defend Ugh. or attack oh, no. or anything, they all got zapped into piles of electric oh, goo gosh. or whatever. And yet, when it came time for Lethbridge Stewart, what did she say? Two shots, rapid fire, or whatever. No, five, yeah, five like shots, rapid fire. Um, well, I, we didn't even see her pull that gun out. She was just like so fast. <laughs> right, right. I mean, she she like took out multiple Zygons with that yeah. pistol, with like a Glock. Yeah, and these like, guys had like you know machine what? guns, like AKs, and they were just standing there. So, anyways, um, Corbin's favorite part was what. Lie the lie detector, detector test. <laughs> what was the um? Oh, okay. Oh my gosh. Con- continue. I think I've talked about lie <laughs> Yeah. Okay. For for the listeners out there, Corbin is doing his his hands his Why? fingertips on his temple thing. That means the anger. My brain. <laughs> my I'm pushing brain. my brain back inside my skull because it's swelling with with, uh, with <laughs> incredulity and anger. <laughs> <laughs> I. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Take a deep breath. I was look. I was vamping, so you could take a deep breath, settle in, and get into this thing. Okay, we've talked about lie detectors. This is the is that how that works? Part of the section. Lie detectors detect at least up to like five or six different things. Can we start with and don't work? Can we start with that? Oh yeah, and I was totally fake. I was getting there. They detect all this stuff that's supposed to help you know if. Someone is yeah. lying, yeah. and it kind of works. Pulse, skin, and there's a reason that we sweating. don't use them in court anymore. <laughs> like, I don't think we ever did. No uh, one has now for ever a little bit. For a them. little bit, I'm 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 always confused about how much is TV trope and how much is reality. I, I know that they are not yeah. not admissible in court Let now. Me, I don't know if they ever were. But. Let me just. They don't detect if you're lying. They detect if you're nervous. Yeah, and you're supposed yeah. to be nervous when you're lying. Didn't unless you're this? a psychopath where right. you're already nervous because you're taking a lie detector test. <laughs> you're nervous because what? You're, you're nervous in because you've station. been in interrogation for five hours now and they just whipped out the <laughs> lie detector test. So they already don't work. Right. But Bonnie, the freaking genius that she is, says, I'm going to detect just heartbeat. Just heartbeat. Instead, Which, oh, that scared you. There's a reason saying, we use crazy precise instruments to measure right. lie detector down. Right. Yeah. Instead of simply saying, you know, she's going, our hearts are connected. Which why? Huh? Why? But yeah. instead of saying, our minds are connected. I know. know when That's you're all she lying. had to do. That's all she had to do. Why did we have to go through the elaborate thing of her testing her own pulse? I've also just realized what the heck, like. If <laughs> if Dream Clara starts getting nervous, it affects the heart rate of Bonnie. Yeah, it's how it's what she's saying is that their heartbeats are in sync. So Dream Clara is still part of a real body Clara. Yeah. So if if her body her heartbeat quickens, then it would quicken Bonnie's because again they are what? connected. They're the Why are same their person. Why aren't they what? just shapeshift? Yeah. I think, yeah, I think the so last confused. time we covered this, we were we had more much more recently covered the 50th anniversary, and so we, mm. we remembered more about the Zygons. But this episode made this was this was Superman throwing his S all yeah, over the place. I was like, Every episode. What? Huh? She even if you remember, she even said the doctor was like, 
oh, um, you'll have to keep her alive to make the live link work. And she goes, those were no, the we old won't. rules. She literally in universe said, those were the old rules. Shut up and eat your popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind that now, silly boy. <laughs> Sit down, super fans, and let the writers show you how it's done. Right? <laughs> Moffat's in charge. Let Daddy Moffat tell you the way it's really going to be. Um, yeah, so I don't understand why we had to go through all that. While we were watching it this time, I made up a story. I made up a story about a thing that I remembered that wasn't real. You know, like I do. Yeah, like you do. What I suddenly started remembering was, oh, right. Their heartbeats being linked is going to be important later, and Clara's going to use that to her advantage. Nope. 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 Oh. The only thing that she used it to her advantage was, oh, I can also tell when you're lying. You know what? I know you are, but what am I? Was basically what? They did. They didn't do one thing ah. that I'm very happy about, which is when the the character tells the truth but omits certain details. So they're still basically lying. That sort of thing. Oh, yeah. Um, so when she started to. Which you would Where still... Where she said, I can't give you the password. Which you would still be yeah. nervous about that answer. It doesn't matter if you're lying, if you're trying to avoid the truth or skirt the truth, yeah. like... Yeah, there's yeah, still yeah. going to be enough noticeable. Again, that's why it's not a also, real science. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's, a made it's up. Not yeah, but if someone is just <laughs> trying to feel your heartbeat, it would be so easy to keep that yeah. under control. Just breathe, and your heartbeat won't go all nutty. Yeah, and you'll be fine. As soon as someone grabbed my wrist and said, I'm going to start monitoring whether you're lying, my heart would speed up. Immediately it would start speeding up. I would be nervous. Which actually makes it easier to lie. That's what I'm saying. Because then the baseline is fast. (laughs) I would be more nervous about them possibly misreading about the science being wrong on it, because it's not science, then that would make me more nervous. That's why I would be nervous if yeah. I ever took a, a polygraph because I'd be like, uh, what if I what if I just breathe wrong and it throws off the test and they think I'm lying and now I'm going to jail? Like, that's always been my problem. With it. Anyways. Um, okay. I'm not sure about something here. I wrote down, so this standoff has happened 16 times. I think so, he was joking about that, but... I don't think so. Why would it be joking? He's like, you. that's what you said the last 15 times. Why would it be joking about that? Oh, I have a mind eraser. We can do this however many times we have to. I, I thought yeah, it was just Yes, but I don't think that was a joke. I think that I think that's oh. literally what has happened. That's the way I took it. Huh. So my question is... I guess is, that makes some sense. My question is, this, this has happened 16 times and I wrote in a year? Because somewhere in the episodes, one of the Zygons said something about this piece lasting for a year but now i can't remember i don't remember what year this is supposed to be and i don't remember what year the 50th anniversary is supposed to be but being that in universe it normally keeps pace with the real world 50th anniversary was 2013 so two years so let's be generous and say that the 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 ceasefire has been going on for two years in 24 months time this is a flawed ceasefire the quote nightmare scenario Remember that's what they called it? 16 times? That's happened 16 times. And presumably, therefore, the doctor has been called back to Earth and had to do this 16 times in 24 months. He has spent a lot of his last couple of years just doing this. Yeah. Oh, and Clara doesn't know about any of it? 
So does that mean he was here uh, without her? Erasing her mind too. I think the implication at the end of the episode was actually that she did. Because that she remember she already knew all when, when we're in that room together, I don't think he erased her memory either. Okay, and she yeah. kind of gave a knowing look, like, yeah, we've done this a dozen yeah. times. Oh, okay, okay. So even mm. still, this is this is one of those things where uh, I guess they're gonna cover it in the comics because for like a good chunk of Clara's run, she's just been doing this. Yeah. Because, I mean, this episode was like days long, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So it's not even like a couple of hours every month and a half for two yeah, years. No. This is like a they week spend out of half the month. most months for the last yeah. two years. They've spent like a couple months doing this. Yeah, like, it's like what Trip said, mean? like, this is a pretty crap ceasefire if it's breaking down every month. Yeah. If it only takes a month. So I guess maybe that's part of why he left Bonnie intact left her memories around so that she could learn from it. And and he's like, you've got to break the cycle. cycle. Yeah. Which implies to me that he's erased the memory of other, like the other Zygons that have done this, which how is that helping anything? Well, okay. What I wasn't clear on was it, was it supposed to be Bonnie every time? Yeah. It was a Bonnie. That's what I kind of thought. And then that's why here's the other thing. If it's, I know, I know he has all his policies, but if it's one Zygon, Every time, just kill them or lock them up or something. Yeah, like what? stop letting her do this. Yeah. Well, okay. Now all of a sudden, I'm remembering that now we're butting up against the problem that Corbin kept mentioning. We had Bonnie and her two hench zygons in the room. What about the rest of the Splinter group? Oh yeah, Bonnie's just gonna we go back and be memories. like, "Actually, guys, we're we're not doing this." Maybe anymore. that's why it's happened so many. I times. I was gonna say like, they've never bo- quelled the revolution right. at all. <laughs> It's always just the leader. Just re- or maybe maybe this was the worst one. They maybe just it had always been them. one or two Zygons that they had to go round about with this and then erase everybody's memories. They just replace the leader every month because <laughs> they change their ways right. or whatever. It's like, guys, how do we keep losing our leader? Yeah. Like, what? It's a fun little stinger to put on the episode. But, but it kind of falls apart think about scrutiny. it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so who's who? Who is Clara? This is before Face the Raven because we weren't sure. I, I yeah. couldn't remember. Was actual Clara in this episode or was it just Bonnie? And it was, it was actual it was actual Clara because, again, I didn't remember this episode really. Um, I love that her voicemail says, I'm probably in the tube or in outer space. You know, just casually drop it in there. Yep. Go into outer space. I just go into outer space all the time. All your friends get a laugh and you get a bigger laugh because it's actually it's it's true. true. <laughs> it's, not a, it's a double blind bluff. Um, she used to memorize trivial pursuit questions so she could win. She just trailed off. Wow. The more, uh. the more words she said, the nerdier she sounded. So she just kind of stopped. That was great. And of course, she has been living directly above the secret. I mean, Zion where base. else would they put the secret Zion base? Like, yeah, because <laughs> not only is it going to be in the UK, it is definitely going to be not only in the city, but in well, the no, they, they, they had the to find the one person who lives in where they filmed this show and then they they built it under there so that they could be easily stopped oh, yeah yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah that, that it was their whole plan it was a great plan like <laughs> like why why didn't they build their secret base underneath you know uh flawless sarah, sarah jane or 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 ian and barbara or any of the other yeah. companions who still live in the uk to this day <laughs> james gordon you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, what? 
<laughs> above his apartment in the building that doesn't exist. Why, yeah. why couldn't it be yeah. there? Yeah. Um, who is Osgood's? Wait. Uh, yeah. Um, I noted that one is wearing Seven's sweater vest and the other is wearing Four's super long scarf and a bow tie. Because again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, later, one of them is wearing uh, the question mark collar that I think was from the fifth doctor. Remember when the 12th doctor, when 12 actually said, yeah, he was you like, have question marks you, on your collars? You got the collars. And I she was that, like, so did you. Yeah, I, I think that shirt was the fifth doctor's sh- shirt that had the, the question marks on the belt. I can't, I can't remember 100%, but once that question mark thing became a thing, boy, howdy. Oh, yeah. Um, do you all remember the seventh doctor's uh, umbrella handle was a question mark? A red question mark? Oh, it yeah. was. Yes. Yeah. Oh, did you never pick up on that? Like I forgot crap. about that. That's like some what? Riddler crap. Like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, somewhere between Mary Poppins and the Riddler. Uh, we, we've got the Seventh Doctor's umbrella. Uh, a cane? Umbrella. What was it? Maybe it was a cane. I don't remember. Anyways. I, I don't remember Classic Who, obviously. Um, she is the piece. She is human and Zygon, to which the Twelfth Doctor said, sort of like a hybrid. And I looked at y'all and uh-huh. Did not clock that at all. No, I, been, oh, I did. did. You? Okay. Yeah. Remember, we had the whole thing about the hybrid. And, yeah. And um, this episode is after the girl who died and the woman who lived. The, oh. the sort of two-parter with me. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think we've already had the debate in that second episode about whether me is the hybrid. And yeah. I can't remember if we've already had the debate. And I, I say we in universe if the the hybrid is the doctor and clara like their relationship is the hybrid or something remember there was like 14 yeah things the hybrid yeah, could be yeah. and so the final and resolution was i don't know we'll, we'll explain later we'll <laughs> explain later <laughs> um how did she know about bonnie's bazooka what when they fall i'm assuming you wrote this but when they fall out of the plane she says something about getting shot by a bazooka bonnie missed the first shot but they're in a plane like a hundred oh, miles right. away. She's like watching this person holding a bazooka. Like No, but she's not watching a person she holding a bazooka. She couldn't have seen yeah, her. She's so far away. They never would have seen her standing on that cliff. And, and they, they wouldn't have looking seen anywhere. And they wouldn't have seen the bazooka like go over. They would have just exactly. heard something fly over. Exactly. Um, we did ask why did Bonnie fire that bazooka so weirdly? Um, like it, it seemed Whoosh. like uh, it seemed like the actor, not the character, the actor didn't know how bazookas work and yeah. was trying to bring action to the scene, like like overcompensating the the kickback, yeah. but like but swiping through it to the something. side. Like, what in the world? And then it was like, oh, oh it's, it's because, okay, yeah. oh, okay. which still doesn't make sense because what did she do? Like punch herself in the face? Like what was the action I, that was supposed she to move? She was the jerking TV. the camera. Which which jerked her head, which pulled her which, whole body in that which, direction. Uh, I don't know. I have no idea. D- don't shut up and eat your pie. Uh, why? <laughs> um, what was with the Petronella bit? What the what? <laughs> you write these cryptic notes. Well, because I have to write them fast because things are happening. There was the conversation where he said, "What is your name?" and like oh, she no, was like, seriously? don't call me Petronella, I'm Bonnie or something? Or? No, 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 no. Petronella no. is Osgood's first name. And oh, she asked what oh, his oh, first mind. name was. And he said something weird. 
And then they were both like, let's just stick with our regular name. Yeah, like yeah. he had a problem with her first name being Petronella. Yeah, no, what did he say his name was, though? Because it was something. Oh, really it was one of the other things. It was, um, uh, like I said, I wrote them all down. Dr. Uh, no, he gave like a name name. Yeah, he said a name. But it was like really dumb. Oh, uh, Basil. 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 Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Okay, yeah. And so I think we talked about this. Up. So speaking of, who is the 12th Doctor? This was the episode that when we talked about it last time, we talked about how the Doctor kept giving himself weird names all episode. Yeah. Doctor Disco, Doctor uh, Funkenstein, <laughs> Doctor Puntastic, and Basil. What? what? Like, what is happening in this episode that we're doing all of this crap? So I, okay, I wrote down, this is Dr. Disco, when he said that on the on the voicemail. And then I said, why was this again? And y'all seem to remember. Why? Who called him Dr. Disco? I don't remember. I y'all swear s- someone did, I, though. I think it was Clara. This was Clara. a callback to another episode, but I don't remember it. Or maybe, uh, I don't remember. I I think it was Clara, though. It wasn't. Um, but Clara in this episode was like, did you just call yourself Dr. Disco? Like, Oh, I gave you that nickname yeah, or something. Wanna, did we have an episode without Clara, maybe, that um, that somebody else called him Dr. Disco and he decided to use that and then... I don't remember. I'm trying to find um, where we are. Was there an episode called Dr. Disco? Or no, no that was, there was that the was Return a, of Dr. Mysterio. Yeah, Dr. Which was, Mysterio. That hasn't happened yet. Oh. That's the upcoming... Uh, one of the upcoming Christmas specials. So I don't remember why Dr. Disco uh, was I, yeah, a thing. Yeah, I have no idea. Um, but anyway, um, he definitely was a creepy old man whispering to two little girls in the park. That 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 scene just is yeah, weird. Yeah, like, why, why the parents <laughs> weren't like, like following oh, around these like, yeah. two people like, I can help you. What I really um, wanted to see was in the background of that shot, every, every from every 360 degree, from every angle, that someone was looking at him like and like dialing 911 <laughs> you know like uh-huh. like watching him to see is he about he cuz he was definitely about to kidnap those two girls yeah. from like an outsider looking in he was yeah. definitely about to offer them candy and take them in a van or something like so creepy um he likes punting around in a big plane and i wrote conveniently leaving behind the tardis which didn't yeah. actually turn to be anything no. um but i did say that i was like why why is he doing that and y'all were like well he likes punting about in a big plane and i was like ah yes uh, so that he yeah. can leave the tardis in the uk no nah, that'll be why we can't use it this episode and then it never came up nah, again. It wasn't, yeah, no it wasn't a problem fairly an inconvenience um he says i'm president of the world i'm here to save people and spread general happiness and i think right on the heels of that is when he called himself dr funkenstein which <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Disco was a callback. Dr. Puntask made sense in the scene. He said oh, yeah. Dr. Right Funkenstein? What did he Right before say? what? Dr. Funkenstein? No, before Dr. Puntask. He made a pun of some kind. Oh. It was actually good, but I can't remember what the heck. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't remember either. He's got question mark underpants, <laughs> which I don't remember if I brought this up the last time we covered this, but they appear in one of the comics. Oh, of course they do. They make Obviously. their debut. Yeah. Um, he says, he says, uh, something about I'm, I'm 2000 years old. I'm old enough to be your Messiah, which is the best <laughs> old man line I've ever heard. It's not, I'm old enough to be your father. It's I'm old, old enough, enough to, be to be your Messiah. Your Messiah. That's, that's fantastic. <laughs> um, why does peacekeeping always involve killing? Uh, which is a, that, this is why we watch Doctor line. Who. That is a, that is a great line. And, um, okay. 
before we get to, can we talk about the big speech? Can we talk about why the doctor was waffling between or not waffling? Like at the beginning, he was the one saying that both Osgoods were both human and Zygon. Yeah. He's like, they're human and Zygon. Yes, but which they, is which? They both. are which the treaty. Doesn't it doesn't matter. Okay. You don't need to so know which one is which. Pro- was it Project Double? Yeah, it was Project Double. Yeah. The point was, you don't know which one is which. That's the whole point. Shut up and let the peace treaty remain in place, right? That was kind of the idea. And they are like this, like the queen is the embodiment of, you know, the good of the people of, of Great Britain mm-hmm. or whatever. The Osgoods are the embodiment of the peace treaty. The peace. They are the peace and they symbolize the potential they're in, et cetera, et cetera. And so the doctor throws into the mix that they're both, both. And I f- they're both feel human like and Zygon. Just him saying that. Like that. No, no because not. he literally said there was a DNA link between them, which, okay. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. That <laughs> makes sense if you said, the Zygon uses some technology or biology or something to absorb some DNA to make them unrecognizable. To to make the shapeshift happen, right? You say that's how it works. So on a DNA level, they are both human and Zygon. Why would that make the human version of of Osgood part Part Zygon? Zygon? That makes zero sense. Because it has to swap the DNA? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, well, what am I going to do with all this... Zygon DNA, I got to make room for human DNA. I don't know, I'll shove it into you. (laughs) Um, Then suddenly at the end, or not even at the end, but but towards the end. He's like halfway through the episode. Yeah, he's the one hounding Osgood about which one she is. It might be important. Why might be... Why right, it might, might be important. Well, and it never was. You halfway through the episode, but I think he did it near the beginning of the first one, around the middle, and at the end. At the he very, did it at least very end, times. he's like, which one are you? Yeah. Why does it matter? You already solved the conflict. I think, I think all three of those happened in the second episode. I think, I think so. I think. I, I could be I wrong. I only remember two. Asked three yes. times. Yes, yeah. Like, that's what I said. That's why I said hounding Osgood. Yeah. Like he keeps coming back to it. And he keeps like different ways, right? Like it might be important later. And yep. then at the end, I he's really like, need to know. I'm leaving, so I really have to know. Like he's constantly trying a different angle of like, well, maybe this will soften her up. And she's like, not gonna tell you. Nope. Um, so I I don't know. I, I, I didn't understand why that switch happened. It almost would have made more sense if it had been Clara constantly bugging her just like out of curiosity or something, but I don't know. So can we talk about the big speech? Um, oh gosh, I wrote, I wrote down so many things from, from this scene. I'll just read them and we can discuss them. So first of all, he tells Bonnie, you're not just fighting cruel people. You're just a whole new lot of cruel people, right? He's trying to, he's trying to show that in conflict and war is just a big conflict in there's conflict, not good guys and bad guys. There's not always clear good guys and bad guys. Let me just let me just preface everything that we're about to say with saying yes. Sometimes there is evil. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there are people who are objectively wrong. There's no there's no cultural norm or standard that you can apply that makes it okay. Um, and sometimes you have to fight evil. Let's just put that on the table and say that so that we can now dive into what the doctor's bigger, broader point is that, and by the way, the doctor does this all the time. The doctor will fight evil and protect the innocent on, does it on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Okay. But a lot of war 
is not about good and evil. A lot of conflict is not about good and evil. It's about two parties who disagree. Yes, opposing views. And so, you know, when he's like, you're not fighting cruel people, you're just a whole new lot of cruel people. Cruel people being cruel to other people who will be cruel to you. So he's getting Mm -hmm. into the, the, the vicious cycle of conflict and war in that, um, you know, do y'all, do y'all know the Hatfields and the McCoys? No. Does that trope mean uh, anything to you? No. Okay. It was, the reason I'm aware of it is because of Bugs Bunny. Okay. Like what? Warner Brothers cartoons would frequently feature the Hatfields and the McCoys. And it was literally, it was two families. I don't know. I, I want to say in Appalachia, like West Virginia or Western part of Virginia, something like that. I want to say it was in the mountains. I could be wrong about that. But it was, it was these two families that I don't remember what started it, but two, two, a member of the Hatfields and a member of the McCoys got into it and maybe one of them killed the other and then there was a revenge killing and then it just, uh-huh. it, it led to a generations-long blood war, blood feud between these two uh-huh. families that is that was so much a part of, of American culture that it was in Bugs Bunny cartoons. Wow. That's, you know, that's what we're talking about. And so, um, Hatfields and the McCoys is just kind of shorthand for like blood feud, at least in, in, Mm. you know, American pop culture. And that's the thing. That's what happens, right? Two guys get in a fight at a bar and then that leads to another scuffle later, maybe between two people that weren't even in the original fight. And then somebody takes it too far and there's a, there's a, an injury or a death or a, or a bigger wrongdoing, which leads to a revenge wrongdoing, which leads to now we're really going to show them. And it keeps going back and forth. And that's what he's talking about when he says cruel people being cruel to other people who will be cruel to you. It's just that, that ongoing cycle that the only way to break it is the way the doctor said it right here um, is, you know, is to sit down and do what you should have done from the beginning, sit down and talk. And, and yeah. forgive, and I'll come back to that in a minute. I mean, he says, "When oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this is a line, guys." That okay, y'all y'all are in your rebellious teenage years where you want to take down the whole system mm-hmm. and and show the world that that you've got it figured out and that we've had it all wrong, and, and you're going to figure it out and you're going to you're going to do it right, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. this is what we talk about at dinner. What <laughs> when you've killed all the bad guys? When it's all finally perfect and just and fair, what are you going to do with the people like you? The troublemakers. How are you going to protect your glorious revolution from the next one? We'll win. Allow me to yes. die. <laughs> it was a great line. Bonnie no, no. is a literal child and I hate her. She'll be like, what, what, so when? So you say she's a literal child, except that she's not. She's an idealist, which is idealist sometimes saying not the same, uh, saying, saying the same thing in a different way. But, but that's the thing, guys, is it's really easy to get wrapped up in that, uh, that in an idealist mi- mindset and say, if everybody would shut up and listen to me and do it the way that I say, then we would all have it figured out. And people have tried this over the years with varying degrees of, of influence, right? And some people have taken over entire countries doing this. And some ideologies have taken over entire countries. And um, that idea is something that... I'll, let me let me put on the dad hat for a minute here. So mm-hmm. this is something that that I didn't understand until a certain age where because I went through that. I went through that phase probably for a good decade where I was like, everyone is stupid, all the old people are dumb, and they can't see their own mistakes. And if they would just do what we young people 
see so very clearly, then we could solve all the ills of the world. First of all, it's never that easy. And secondly, I remember reaching a point in my life where, and I'm, and I'm kind of, I'm kind of coasting downhill into it now where I'm the age of the old fuddy duddies. And it's the young people that are now telling my generation where we're wrong. And some of it is lighthearted and funny right now, like side parts and, you know, jorts and stuff. But some of it is bigger social issues. And I'm like, oh, oh, I get it now. And there's always the next revolution. Your, Your uprising, your revolution, whether it's bloody or social change or whatever, will not get it right. You, you can't because we're constantly as a species getting better. So always remember, A, it's not as easy to change as you think. And B, you're not going to get it all right either. So what you're saying is we should change yes. and then just let the next people change it as well. To some extent. So don't put what up I'm, a fight. What I'm trying to do right now is when these things come up, when, when certain things come up, that I go, well, that's dumb from, from, from the generation coming up behind me. And I go, ah, stupid kids. I go, wait, 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 wait. And I, and I have to stop and remind myself that I was once in the position where all I wanted to do was burn it all down and change it all and start over and, and get it right. And then I go, oh, okay. So that's what they're trying to do. Where are they right that, that I'm not seeing? Where am I wrong that I'm not seeing? And the thing that, the thing that keeps me up at night is what are the things that we're doing right now that, is, that are right and good and just that in 50 years will be laughed at as horribly abusive or mm-hmm. horribly, you know, uh, ex- exploitative or whatever it is that we just don't even know about, that we don't even see. We can't see it because we're in it. So anyways, um, your revolution, how are you going to protect your glorious revolution from the next one? And yes, don't worry, we'll win. That's, that's what we'll do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, this is a scale model of war. Whenever the first shot is fired, nobody knows who will die. Nobody knows whose children will scream. This is a a guy who, who went through it. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I do, I do love that. Um, Dr. Who and Star Trek both do this a lot of stepping back and looking at war before it happens and thinking about where it's going to go because you don't know you, 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 it's all about doing the right thing until the, the guns start going off. And then it's just war. It's just death and misery until we get to the point where you'll end up doing what you should have done in the first place. Sit down and talk. And boy, is that a lesson we need to learn as a species. Um, she says, look at me. I'm unforgivable. Oh, no, no. He, he says in her voice, sort of, look at me. I'm unforgivable. Well, here's the unforeseeable. I forgive you. I love that line. I love the yeah. way Moffat and or uh, uh, what was the guy's name? Harness. Um, put that line. Look at me. I'm unforgivable. Well, here's the unforeseeable. Easy for you to say. I just. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Um, oh my gosh. And then maybe the deepest look into the soul of the doctor that we've ever had in all of Doctor Who. When he says that, that, that last bit of the speech, you know what you do with that pain. You hold it tight until it burns your hand, until you vow that no one else will ever have to feel this pain ever again. And all of a sudden you realize why the doctor does so many of the things that he does, mm-hmm. why he fights the evil that he fights and all of those kinds of things. It's because he's been on the other side of the coin. And, and man, does Capaldi 
just chew oh, this yeah. scene up and spit it out like a like a just a like dynamite snarling actor. Oh my like, gosh, man! Yeah, there's some spittle flying. You can feel him grab your heart when he grabs yeah. the the air and says, "You take that pain and you hold it tight." I mean, it's like his whole body tightens up when he says it. And he's like, oh man, Capaldi was mm. um, absolutely absolutely killing the scene in the best possible way. Yeah. Hey guys, Noobs in the Whovian is brought to you by listeners like Victor, Jared, and James. You want to do what they do? Here's what you do. Go to noobsinthewhovian.com slash support. Get it while it's hot. Get it while it's fresh. Get it while you can. Okay. Um, overall impressions. How did you like it this time compared to last time, Trip? I, like I said, did not remember very much of this. And yeah. I was definitely thinking of a different episode. But I am very glad that we covered this one. Because I had a lot of fun with it this time, and I feel like yeah. I did understand the message better, you know, like because of what's going on right now. So I feel like I. Are you talking about Ukraine? Yeah. Really interesting. I interesting. felt like, oh, like apparently they just needed to watch this episode. <laughs> <laughs> if we could just go. <laughs> that's what an idea <laughs> that sounds like. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> we just get Putin to tune in. Uh, <laughs> watch this. Putin and Zelensky sit him down, make him think they're Zygons. <laughs> make right. him think they're Zygons. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's great. So I definitely felt this. I was like, yeah, I understand everything they're saying right now. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I enjoyed it better this time. Yeah. Than I uh, did last time. Obviously, yeah. I enjoyed it even more compared to last time. Uh, this. This is one that I think you can just keep watching um, and 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 have it stand up over time and and sometimes get get a little new nugget out of there or something, but other times just sit back and enjoy it. Corbin, what about you? Um, well, the thing is, I don't remember this episode at all. Okay, like, man, I don't huh? remember any of it. Like as from we were last watching time it, it started to come back to me, but I I had no recollection of this episode huh. when y'all were talking about the negotiation i remembered that but when y'all yeah. were talking about the buttons for the life of me i had no clue <laughs> what y'all were talking about and remember last week i said there were buttons and one of them did one thing and one of them did another thing and i can't remember which thing does yeah, it was actually four buttons yeah, yeah it's yeah. like there's a yeah. box yeah hit that so and then and then i kind of remembered the twist where the buttons didn't do anything oh yeah i, I kind of remember remembered that, that nothing nothing else. so i I don't even remember what I thought of it last time. Okay. But I did enjoy it. So go, I was going to say, so from so zero more, to enjoying it means more. Yeah. <laughs> I did enjoy it. Gotcha. Well, guys, um, that means that, again, uh, having concluded the master plan with curse of the, the curse of fatal death, I still wrote <laughs> it wrong. Oh, uh, we're heading back into a parallel universe in an alternate dimension on a branch of a timeline variant to witness Doctor Who Daleks Invasion Earth 2150, which, um, what did I say? It's on, uh, it's on Prime, I think. Did I, oh. did I talk last time about where it is? I don't remember. Okay. I want to uh, say that it's either on Amazon Prime yeah. or it's on BritBox. So one way or the other. Isn't go, BritBox go, part of Amazon? BritBox is an add-on if you have Amazon Prime. So if you have Amazon Prime, you can add on, um, AMC and HBO and um, maybe Hulu and no Hulu and Disney have their own thing, but there's like stuff you can add on and BritBox is one of them. Um, and it's, it's got not only Dr. Who, it's got all kinds of, of, 
uh, British stuff. I don't even know if it's just BBC. It might be more than that. Um, but at any rate, so go, go check that out on uh, Amazon for next week. And then after that, we are covering the best of 13. And we got a 0.5 episode where we actually, we actually recorded ourselves discussing it this time. So, so we're going to, instead of announcing to you now which episode we're covering, we're going to release a 0.5 episode and you can hear us come to that conclusion mm-hmm. on which episode we thought was the best of 13 or at least the one we're going to cover. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> guys, Noobs in the Hoovian is a production of Master Closet Studios where it's always smaller on the inside. Your senior producer is me, Austin. Your audio engineer is that one. I'm Trip. Your production editor is... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Gordon>. I don't know. <laughs> Special thanks to TARDIS.Fandom.com for the trivia. Thanks to uh, uh, Victor, Jared, and James for their ongoing Patreon support. You can find us over at NoobsInTheHoovian.com where you can find how to connect with us on all the things. Hey, don't forget, if you're following us on Facebook, you got to go like follow, follow, follow us. Like it's kind of like on, on YouTube. You have to not only subscribe, you also have to click the bell so that you get a notification that something you've subscribed to is, is releasing a thing. You have to go and tell Facebook that you actually want to see our stuff. So, so yeah. you, you have to do that. Otherwise you end up like, I think it was Cindy didn't see us for like seven weeks. Yeah. So she had, she yeah. got up in one day. Oh, yeah. And then crazy. Remember I told you guys, like I always get like the same, I always get a notification that like three people saw the post or three people liked it or whatever. It was eight last week. <gasps> so I don't know. Maybe some people actually did what I said and went yes. and, and upgraded their status. So they're actually seeing our posts now. It's amazing. So anyways, guys, uh, do all that kind of stuff and subscribe wherever you found us. Leave us a rating. Share us with a friend. Not because we're a great show, but because we watch one. As always, my name is Austin. I'm the Hoobie. And these were Sons Corbin and Trip. And, and we're the news. And until next time, be safe if you can be, but always be Bonnie. Um, Childish. No! Idealist? An idealist? I don't know. We'll win. There's definitely bloopers. I don't know. I always have to add two. I sound like one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. Dan's just freaking out in the light. Scary toe knuckles. All right. Sergeant Peppers. Lonely Hearts Club Band. Doctor Who Podcast. Sergeant, wait. Um, what? <laughs> Slablically, that actually works. Uh-huh. Slablically? That's <laughs> what? not right. What Slablically. is that? Slablically. All of our having to do with syllables. Slablically. What the? You're adding too many L's. There's no, I mean, no way that's right. So Syllable, B-L-E. So if you made it syllablic. It's not <laughs> No, it's syllablically. S y l l a b l e. Wait, what are we trying to say right now? Syllablically. Syllablically. Why did you say that? Write it down. What I was saying is, there's enough syllables. It actually the number of syllables in Doctor Who podcast and Lonely Hearts Club band. Sergeant reasons.